0: I'm only an old hearth wall. I stood for a century or more,
1: but the mortar in my stones is as fragile as old bones. I know one day soon I'm going to fall. The Old Hearth Wall by Kiwi folk singer Martin Curtis introduces our next interview with two historic stonewall specialists who are talking at the upcoming Upstart Festival at the Bay of Islands. Kate Ballard's book, Stonewall Country, The Dry Stone Walls of Bay of Islands in Kaikohe, was based on interviews with local residents, including direct descendants of the wall builders. At her talk, Stories Behind Walls, she'll be joined by fellow enthusiast Bill Edwards, Heritage New Zealand's area manager. In Northland there are hundreds of kilometres of dry stone walls made from volcanic rocks in the region, so they're an important Important part of the landscape. Kate explains how they're built.
0: Well the outer walls are two walls. The outside wall part is battered so it's on a slope and as they're built in between them it's filled up with other rocks or whatever they've got to tanned and when the wall's finished it slowly gets narrow as it goes up. Um, the capping stone's put on the top and that protects the whole structure.
1: What do we know about the history of them? What are some of the earlier dry stone walls up your way?
0: There's probably not much difference, do you think, Bill, between the ones earliest ones in Fogare and in the Bay of Islands, about 1840s,
2: 50s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, probably there's some of the walls connected with the wharf down at the Kirikiri Mission might date from the 1830s. Also, John Edmonds out in the inlet, they're, they're very early as
0: well, early 1840s. The Bolton brothers started at period about 1840.
1: And they had a really important role, Kate, didn't they, particularly in those early years? Because, as I said before, there were no electric fences. So these, no. these walls were particularly important, primarily for property, right?
0: Yes, and, and, well, they needed to move the stone if they were going to establish crops or pasture the land was, you know, just too littered with stone to be really useful. And so they created fences for them. And it's difficult to to put up any fences on very stony country because you can't get the posts in. And uh, it can be very frustrating, whether it's electric fencing or otherwise. And also, they cost a lot to build. I mean, those early contractors... They were paid well. It wasn't considered to be just by unemployed people or um, low-paid people. They were mostly built on contract. Good pay in its day.
1: Were there key makers? Like, because both of you know these walls so well. Could you look at a wall and go, oh, you know I, know, I know who made that one?
0: Some people can. I'm not that astute about them, but people can see differences. There's differences with the <laughs> Stone, because even though it's volcanic stone, it varies quite a bit depending on the volcano it comes from. And if it's more aerated and like scoria, it's lighter and rough.
1: Are they still? And, are they still being made? I mean, we, we now have. Yes. We're in the time of the electric fence, of course. But has yes. the art of <laughs> has the art of building these dry stone walls is it still alive in the region?
0: It is, especially in the former yeah. area. We've got quite a lot of professional stone wallers. I suppose now it's more people on their lifestyle blocks wanting to perhaps restore what's there and people using them as landscape features. So getting a new wall built, that's how I started.
1: Bill, the surviving walls or bits of uh, dry stone walls that are historic, some of those early times that you were talking about, 1830s, 1850s, are they protected, do they have any protection under law?
2: Uh, yeah, they're, they're protected under the provisions of the Heritage New Zealand Puheri Tonga Act. Basically, they're an archaeological site. So, if they predate 1900, they have protection that way. Also, in Whangarei, Whangarei have uh, taken a very good approach to stone walls where they're protected in, under the RMA, and that includes post 1900 walls. In the far north, there's no protection at the moment in the district plan. So, the submissions due for the district plan. So, obviously, we'll we're putting in a submission to protect those walls.
1: So you'd be advocating... I mean, they must be at risk, eh, for people with nothing better to do just to kick them over because they can, or maybe even take the stones for their own use. I don't know.
2: Yeah, they do. And the other thing is um, subdivisions, where you get, you know, a large section of wall being removed, you know, especially when you've got entrances and exits for traffic. So, yeah, there's a series of things that can damage walls, but I'm pleased to say some people are keen to restore their walls. On State Highway 10, someone spent some money and time on their walls. And in other places, um, they're destroyed due to natural processes, such as trees being planted too close and kaikui growing all over them.
1: Kate, of course, one of the things that you're enjoying about this, and and you've investigated this in your your book, are the stories behind the walls. So you can celebrate the walls and look at them as amazing. I love looking at them. They're just so beautiful. But of course it's the stories behind them, the families who had them built, those who made them. What are one or two of your favourite stories, either of the making of them or the makers themselves?
0: Some of the early ones, people who came here, like this guy Parkin and his family, there was the old man came, and then his sons and his son-in-law, and they built walls all over the district. He arrived in New Zealand. He went out and built walls the next day. And they came from Britain. I'm not sure exactly where. And he just kept <laughs> building walls on his life. And he was interviewed by Jack Lee for the Auckland Star in 1974 and he was 74 and he was still building walls all the time and he just loved it he said who would want another job he said you're you're your own boss you can do what you like and you're out in the open and enjoying nature the whole time
1: I love that how about you Bill
2: I think the ability to read stones I've met some stonemasons and They can look at stones and kind of almost do a three-dimensional puzzle about where they're going to go. So I was lucky enough to work in Cornwall with some stonemasons there. And they would spend a bit of time before they started building, looking at all the rocks and almost getting a three-dimensional puzzle about where all these rocks would go. And once they had done that, then they're able to build the wall. So there is a real knack to it. There's a real knack to be able to look at the rock and work out where it has to go.
1: Kate, is there much of a, a historical record, again, of those earlier walls? I mean, photographs would have come late, later, of course, but diagrams or documents or anything like that for those early walls?
2: Uh, maps. A lot of the early maps, because the walls were such a permanent feature and, and worked as boundaries, a lot of the early walls are on a lot of the old uh, maps, uh, land maps. I'm an archaeologist, or and so that's a really good source of information for us to be able to work out where these walls were and where the boundaries were.
1: Many have been lost also, obviously. And do you still see the signs of them? Were they that that substantial on the landscape, Bill, that there will still be remnants of them?
2: Sometimes they disappear completely when roading goes through or something like that. And also, as Kate was saying, stones get reused. But there is still remnant walls around. And you know, we do our best to uh, preserve them and look after them.
1: As an archaeologist, have you ever gone ferreting what? around and fa- had any finds near the stone walls? Because as Kate <laughs> was saying, you know, if you've got somebody who spent most of his life out there, things must have dropped from pockets or <laughs> that sort of thing. Well,
2: well, um, sort of. Um, a mere landing, which is in, in the middle of Whangarei, right in the middle of town, is, uh, is a stone wall for, or, or, uh, which dates from 1842. And uh, we also found uh, remains of earlier Māori gardens there that had used the stone. And then later on, the stone had been used for building uh, little boat bays. So stone is wonderful in that it's so durable, but what tends to happen is it tends to get used in different ways by different people.
1: Kate, for visitors to the area who've got excited about the conversation we've had, if they've only got time to go and see one Dry stone wall in your region, which one would you suggest?
0: <laughs> I've got someone coming from Australia who wants me to take them around, so I've been thinking exactly about what I'm going to do. And I would come up from the city, CBD, there are remnants of old walls right up into Carmo and then up Three Bush Road, where there are a lot of walls still, and there are also people. There's been a subdivision, so you can see how they've managed the walls for the resource consent, and you can see where uh, people have actually restored walls along the side.
1: Have you had a crack at restoration, Bill?
2: Sort of. I've stacked a few stones. I, I wouldn't say by any stretch of the imagination I'm a stonemason.
1: Hard work, uh, um,
2: it? I, Yeah, it's heavy work, but it's very satisfying when you build something. It's great. But you can certainly tell the difference between uh, amateurs and professionals. A professional will get it looking nice and it makes it look really easy where, um, you know, someone like myself will spend all day fiddling around for a tiny amount of work and it looks a bit wonky. So yeah, no, look, um, hats off. When they know what they're doing and can look at stone and visualize where it all goes, it makes a huge difference.
1: Kate Ballard and Bill Edwards. Their Stories Behind Walls talk opens a Saturday at the Plough and Feather in Kitty. It's part of Upsurch, the Bay of Islands Arts Festival.